0: In this week's episode of Midlife AF, I want to introduce you to my lovely friend, Rebecca Maxwell from Do Divorce Right. We are talking about relationship difficulties and the part alcohol can have to play in that. Becca runs a um, coaching business specifically for people navigating the breakup or breakdown of a relationship. And she herself took a year off drinking when she was going through her own divorce. I find a lot of my clients um, discover that when they are taking a break from alcohol, that they've been drinking to manage their feelings of discontent in their relationship. And once they stop drinking or take a break from drinking they need to work out how to navigate that in a way that's not escaping from it and so i thought it would be really awesome to bring rebecca on and offer us her insight and wisdom around this very interesting subject so over to me and rebecca you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move then midlife af is the podcast for you join counselor psychotherapist this naked mind and gray area drinking alcohol coach emma gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens menopause relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you, saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. Much for joining me. Obviously, Paul Becker's in a different time zone, so it's much earlier for her than it is for me. So she's an absolute legend for joining me. As I I was saying, we met in Tina Towers' um, "Her Empire Builder," and we were having a conversation. And I came on Becker's podcast, which is a fantastic podcast. What's the name of your podcast? It's episode two. Um, My podcast is "Do Divorce Right." Do Divorce Right. That's right. And We were talking about why having a break from booze, when you're going through a relationship, change, breakups, any really kind of like big life um, experience, can be a really useful thing. And Beck um, herself went through something similar and also took a break from alcohol and is very mindful around how she drinks. and we, we had a real lot of connection. And the reason I wanted to bring Becca on, and I'll get her to introduce herself in a second, is because so many of the women that I work with in midlife suddenly find their hormones are all up the creek, their estrogen is leaving the building, their nurturing hormone is no longer... Doing, making it possible for them to just love everybody regardless of their behaviour, and <laughs> things suddenly they're looking, their drinking is is getting really hard because they can't drink like they used to be able to. Their hangovers are worse, the impact that it has on their body is worse, and often when people are drinking, they're drinking with ice find with the women I'm working with, that we're often drinking because things aren't right in our world. It's very, very rarely anything about anything to do with booze. It's usually to do with wanting to calm our nervous system, something's happening in our life that we don't want to address. And so often when people start looking at these different things, they're like, it's a bit scary to take a break from alcohol because actually then sometimes we have to put on our big girl pants and actually address what the situation is that, that's going on for me. And so that's why I wanted to bring you on, Beth, because you are, do you want to explain what you do and what your coaching business is all about and introduce yourself? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm a divorce coach, kind of in the name of Do Divorce Right. Um, I work with women, you know, along that journey, either they're realize they're in a relationship that's not working out for them and they're kind of ready to make the decision and they want to work with me to how do they do this with as much integrity and peace as possible
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: it's a hard decision to make and mm-hmm. it's not that they want to burn their house down and you know create trauma and trauma out of it all so yeah. we talk through well how do you manage children through this how do you even broach the conversation what are your expectations and what are your mm. hopes in you know making that division all the way mm. through to oh my god you know we've been separated for some time now and I'd like to rediscover myself and how do I mm. how do I even figure out what building a life on my own looks like so that journey can exactly. be anything from you know pre, pre-separation all the way to the paperwork mm. aside and and done but i'm still not sure mm. what to do with myself anymore
0: so yeah it's, it's yeah. really great work i really enjoy it yeah and it sounds very aligned with the work that, that i do because often with women it's that that stopping drinking is often the first step in the just rediscovering i really am yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and you, you and touched
1: on that right you said that i took mm-hmm. a break and just Maybe yes. to, to explain about that, like I mm-hmm. chose to leave a marriage like nine years ago already mm-hmm. and I had, you know, I was obviously very, very unhappy. I was yes. quite miserable in this marriage, trying to figure out what am I, what am I going to do here? Like, is there a way we spent two years in marriage counseling, trying to figure out how yeah. do we come back together? So I, I'm a yeah. big believer in let's like, make it work if you can. Ideally, yeah. you'll go on this journey together and you'll make it work yes. together. Anyway, so through that, I decided to take a bit of a break in and I started to decide what what would I want my body to feel like? You know, and I started working with a trainer and it wasn't that I gave up booze because I wanted to lose weight. Yeah. It was that I I just wanted to strip away any distractions of figuring out what am, what am I trying to do here? Who am I? What's going yeah. on? And so I spent a year of not drinking at all mm. And, mm. and now I'm much more moderate, right? So I'm not a non-drinker, yeah. I'm not sober but I you know have one every now and again or um, but in that year I discovered so much about myself and I was just so much more crystal clear about what I did and didn't want for my life moving forward and it made those conversations so much easier not to say it made the separation or the divorce any easier that was a shit show (laughs) yeah my understanding of what I needed Mm. and who I wanted to be and what I wanted for my life so much
0: easier absolutely and it, it makes total sense that it would and it sounds um, because that journey back to self is so important I think isn't it and sort of really being able to tune into your intuition and learn to trust it yeah it's such an important part of it yes
1: for sure Definitely. Um, and that's even hard today, right? Being able to trust your own intuitions. So, yeah. Oh, I think I know what I want, but I'm not really sure. Yeah. And, you know, what, what, how can I tell what's the edges of what makes me uncomfortable or what's actually a sign yes. to push harder? Wow. <laughs> yes. oh, hard. It's such,
0: so tough, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. And what I was going to ask you about, because so many of the women who, who um, work with me are in that midlife stage, often. We've been very focused on caring for everybody, caring for our work, caring for, for, sure. for our partners, caring for our the
1: babies, yeah.
0: Yes. And there's a there's sort of midlife awakening that happens where it's like, hold on a minute, I can't do this anymore. And what I've noticed in my clients is they'll wake up and it will be, okay, I've realized that things aren't going – my relationship with my partner isn't, isn't helping me to thrive the way it currently yeah. is. And, and I need to do something about that. And that person's either going to come with me yeah. or they're not. And, and that kind of... Ideally, it's an
1: invitation, right? Even if yes. it's a quite a confronting conversation, yes. which is this isn't working. I'm really yes. unhappy. Yes. <laughs> I can't live like this anymore. That could be a confronting conversation. Yes. But ultimately, you want it to be an invitation of I'd like to rediscover what, where joy is in our lives. I'd yes. like to rediscover me. Do you want to be part of that journey with me? Like, can we... Can we try things together? Ideally, yeah. that's the case. And you, yeah. I think I hear where you're going here, which is sometimes the answer will be, what's wrong with you? Life's fine. Yeah. Life's good. Yeah, I'm happy here yeah. watching sport and, you know, living life as it is. Yes. Yeah. And often I think when we really... start to
0: put in boundaries and change, that can be quite confronting from the pe- for the people that we're putting those boundaries and change in for because, you know, things... Um, can often oh. be quite cushy for people.
1: in That's true. That's true. But, you know, there's that expression that we we must, perhaps we overhear it, but that, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first or fill your own cup. Yeah. And we're, we're probably overhearing it because it's yes. so, it so needs to be heard that yes. we can't be delivering for all of all of the people all the time. Yeah. No, if we Mm -hmm. fill up our own cup first and there's another beautiful expression, which is what you think you need from outside, from anybody, from anything, give to yourself first. Yes. What it is that you're looking for, give it to yourself first. If you're Mm -hmm. looking for security, create security for yourself. If you're looking for love, create love for yourself. If you're looking for yeah. intellectual challenge, intellectually challenge yourself. Like do yeah. it to yourself yeah. first and then it opens up the avenues for it to come from other places too. So I think, you know, if, if you're, your clients are in a place of, shit, I'm, I'm missing some things. Like there's, there's stuff missing in my life and I'd, I'm not happy and I don't know what it is and I just need to mm-hmm. kind of silence all the distractions and the noise. I think my mm. suggestion would be: first of all, let's figure out what are your values, because that's always yes. a really great exercise. What's what's important mm. to you? What kind of person do you want to be? Who, mm. who, you know, who is it inside that that lights yes. you up? So, so your good. values, and then your what made you happy in the past that you haven't done in a while? Mm. Where's where are the sparks mm. of joy? And then start yeah. building that for yourself. It's okay. You don't have to leave your husband. <laughs> like, no. I know I'm a divorce coach and that's what most... You don't yeah. have to leave your family and go and rediscover no. yourself in the mountains somewhere. But you can say, hey, Tuesday nights, I'm going to salsa class from now on. Yeah, I haven't yeah. done that in 20 years and I want yeah. to shake a bit, you know. You can that's a bit. Out that kind of space to rediscover that's yourself.
0: It. That's yeah. it. That's it. And it's so interesting that, isn't it? Because often I find, especially with women who've been drinking you know what i would say kind of moderately um to that and then kind of progressing to the sort of um often just been shrinking at the weekends and that kind yeah. of stuff and are holding down pretty good careers um often they've got into a situation where they don't feel like they can go and do things on their own. They might be able to go and do a few things, but they, couldn't, they can't regularly because there's a sort of expectation that they'll be home, um, yes. yeah. cuddling up on the sofa and all that sort of thing. But often as well, and I find this with so many of my clients, is that we, and, and talking about myself as well here, of course, on. is that we, um, we don't even know who we are. So we, like for me, I went into drinking at a very young age. And I came out at forty six. Okay, and I found that I had created this complete persona that was actually not me at all, but it was who I thought. Fun, Emma. Did you hear me?
1: Yeah, yeah. Was it fun, Emma? Is this the
0: persona that you were? Uh, Yeah, I'm just fun and bold and extrovert and not at all um, an introvert. Not not bookish. Not you know none of those things. Um, very confident, very you know, all of that sort of stuff, and then come age forty six, I'm like, actually, do you know what? I'm finding out that I'm I'm still that eleven year old girl, and I don't even know who she is because I've spent so little time with her. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting, and I think that's I do a lot of work with things. women.
1: Yeah, coming back to maybe not not the young young little girl, but mm. coming back to well, what what brought you joy before you were in this marriage, yeah, she, like. As an independent human making choices Mm -hmm. for the first time, like the discovery of the world away from home, away from relationships, where were those pieces of joy? And it's really interesting what comes up. I've had one client say she's joined a theatre group.
0: like She's never
1: been on stage, but she remembers being really interested and pulled to it in her 20s and just kind of silenced that for herself because it didn't fit in her you know high power job and her marriage and her mothering and the, yeah uh, and she's like well I'm not sure what's going on with this marriage right now so I think I'm going to go and do something that brought me joy or that I was pulled to in my yes. early 20s so there's like acting yes. there's like I said dancing um yes art gallery openings and book yes. clubs and it's just like tipping yes. your toe like tipping your toe in the water dipping your toe in the water to yes. see yeah what used to bring me joy and what what's there and let's Chase this rabbit hole a little bit and see yeah. where's the where's the Becca that you know didn't have an attachment and what yeah. I, what I, I, one phrase I use quite often is like the where's the version of you that doesn't have these compromises you don't have to yeah. compromise anymore about like often often they're living in a new space again okay so you don't have to worry yeah. about what he wanted for dinner mm-hmm. and like your mm-hmm. audience who's who's still in a marriage perhaps trying to figure out who they are and what's what's working for them and what isn't, it might just be carving out a, okay, on Wednesdays I'm going to eat vegetarian because that's mm. what I want for myself. You mm. guys look after yourselves. Mm. Have your meat yeah. pizzas or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, just carving <laughs> out the small pieces of, I want to try something different. Yeah. I want this for me. And it doesn't have to be huge. I'm going to go and buy an apartment and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. rediscovering yourself and I think booze Mm. really gets in the way of even the thought processes of trying and pushing against those edges because the drinking numbs your thinking obviously right and it stops you from as as weird as it is you're talking about you know the persona that you were and that persona was was brave and big and bold yeah but actually I don't think anybody is much braver with a couple of glasses of wine I think we shrink back into a life that feels comfortable and normal and you know sitting on the, the sofa drinking the wine very rarely do you think okay I'm going to go and try acting but I'm going to do a few shots of vodka before I go inside like no you, you go there and you think I have to be my full self I need to you know, push myself I don't think the booze is the thing that's going to get us to go and try new things it's actually the absence of that that helps would you you say so
0: yeah yeah Yeah. definitely definitely it was so interesting when you were saying that I was just getting this really strong memory Mm -hmm. of being a probably I must have been about 18 19 and I was um applying to get into art school Yeah, and I remember it was and I was applying to get into one of the best art schools in the UK and I remember being like Really excited that I got an interview, and I remember going to the bottle shop on the way to get the train to go and drinking a bottle of wine.
1: Wow. on my way
0: there, and being so drunk, I don't even really remember being there. And I'm just thinking, Oh my gosh, that was such a massive piece of self sabotage! Yeah, for... indeed, what and I'd shame. completely forgotten about that. Beck, it just came into my head, I was like, Oh my god. As well as, like, I'm sorry, you can't go and do that amazing cool thing that you had the potential to do because you your your mind's like, oh, I don't even know what in that. But it was really interesting when you were saying it's like it's not, you know, we 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 drink to um, we think it gives us confidence we think it gives us all this stuff we think we think it gives us connection we think it helps us relax we think it you know and everything that we think about it is actually the opposite is true that's right
1: yeah yeah like you say that was a self-sabotage moment for you and I think for a lot of people it's a a lack of worthiness right Yeah. yeah you're refusing to challenge why do I not Feel worthy of this like i, I want yeah. this thing so bad or i want to feel this way again or i want to rediscover yeah. myself why do i not feel worthy of having that mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. One, mm-hmm. Of the, one of the things sorry go on often no no you i was just gonna say one of the things one of my goals in like running my podcast mm-hmm. on do divorce right is is to provide expanders for people to, to hear the journey of others who've gone through some horrible, mm. horrible shit and come out the other side and built these incredible lives. Because mm. I think the more you can see people who have gone before you and had success at it, the more it opens up your idea, your mind to that it is possible. And I think that's why oh, wow. it's really important to kind of put the, put the booze aside and address if you're using that because you think it's making you brave. Yeah how can you explore a little bit of well, why don't i feel worthy of this why am right. i assuming it's not for me mm-hmm. who else has gone you know ahead of me and done you know whatever it is that they're trying to do um
0: and the success of it find some expanders That's
1: it.
0: and it's so interesting as well that yeah, i was just thinking this well about was, uh, i have a lot of clients and this was my experience as well when i was drinking it was the way that i could suppress how i was feeling about something so for example if i didn't want to watch something on tv and sit around all the evening and i hear this a lot i could drink and that would mean that it would be okay for me to sit and do what somebody else wants when it's not what i want yeah um so it's that kind of side of things as well it's that sort of um suppression ourselves suppressing our needs keep pushing everything down so that we can walk alongside somebody else so almost that we put ourselves our own worth like you're talking about slightly below the worth of somebody else and I think with so many of human beings not just people who drink but particularly people who drink we generally are quite sensitive people and generally have you know this kind of there's some kind a hole or some kind of hurt there that yes. we're trying to fit in somewhere yeah
1: do you do yes. much in the space then of worthiness or
0: trying to yeah. address
1: why do I not why do I put myself below the needs of other people in your work yeah well in
0: my in my work we do um less probably in the big group programs like the 30-day program I probably wouldn't do that so much because it's quite um vulnerable yeah. stuff. But in, my longer term group, so I have one-to-one clients in longer term, we do work around our, our, but our beliefs, the beliefs that are keeping us yeah. stuck about yeah. ourselves and shadow work and all of that kind of stuff as
1: well. Interesting. I okay. don't really get to go that deep because I think when, mm. when I'm working with my clients, they're typically in a place of pain and trauma right so my job is not to take them deeper into that my job is to help them coast along it until they can you know until they can thrive and then they can do some work if they need to keep revisiting the worthiness or the the shadow work Mm -hmm. they need to do that later my job is actually Mm -hmm. just to hold them through it and make sure that they have support and Mm -hmm. opportunity Mm -hmm. to heal with support so beautiful so it is beautiful, beautiful. and we're it's lucky such to do in right space. To. And
0: like anything in life, aren't we? And it yeah. seems, sounds really aligned as well the as way, the, the way that we work with people too. It's um, what I was going to say to you was, if you were working with somebody who was like I described. Having numbing and you, themselves
1: you know, and numbing themselves,
0: yeah. and how do you? How would you recommend that they? Because that's come from the place that most of the time we've met somebody, we've fallen in love with them, we've built a relationship with them, and things have gone a bit south. Mm-hmm. Now we don't, we don't know at this stage whether things are going to continue going south or whether they're going to turn south around. How would you recommend that um, someone approaches the person? that they are in a relationship with in order to kind of make that next brave step to say, these are the things that kind of aren't working for me at the moment. And yeah, how how do we transition out of this? I think it would take, yeah,
1: I think it would take a session or two before getting to that point, which is Mm. don't have the conversation until you're pretty clear about what what you might be looking for because it's one thing to go with somebody and say this doesn't work for me it's another thing to say and here's what I want to do about it and like I say making that an invitation for them to be Mm. part of the journey with you because Mm. if like I'm sure but there's there's no Divorce discussion that comes from absolutely yeah. nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. always a couple of years in the making. It's so like, what do you mean? <laughs> We're happy? <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> but <laughs> so the the beginning of that work would be, all right. Let's talk about. I asked them, a, a, you know, what goal do you have of working together? And that can sometimes be a bit confronting. It's like, okay, let's take a step back. Let's let's figure out who do you, how do you want to feel. Yeah right? A year from now or six months from now, how do you want to feel about your days and your lives? Can we start placing a bit more of yourself in a positive future? And then we'll work out the steps to get to that. Right. And and often they'll say, I want to feel, you know, like there's lightness in my days. I want to feel less Mm. overwhelmed. I want to feel Mm. less angry, Mm. you know, so much anger and, somebody will you know talk to me and say i've just found out he's been having an affair it's over it's i'm done i'm done i'm done it doesn't mean it's necessarily done it means it's a different relationship moving forward and you need to make that decision am i going to be part of this new relationship where we start again or are we really done done so like how Mm -hmm. do you want to feel i want to feel peaceful Mm. joyful intellectually stimulated i want to feel you know happy <laughs> and I was
0: like okay Beautiful. when was the
1: last time you felt happy what, what did that look like what mm-hmm. was going on around you mm. let's figure out what makes you happy because mm. we forget so fast we, yeah. I forget like I'll, oh, oh, you know I'll have a shitty couple of days in a row and just think why why oh oh it's because I haven't actually spent time on my own or I haven't gotten outside yes. in a while or I haven't Sweated. <laughs> yeah, we get in our own way yeah. sometimes, and we forget yeah. about what makes us happy. So, when, yeah. to answer your question, you know, what do I, what do I tell them to get to that conversation? The, mm. the I ask them lots of questions around how do they want to feel, who do yeah. they want to be, and take you know what steps would it take to get there, and then they can have the conversation with their partner, which is okay. I'm feeling this way. It's not an Mm -hmm. accusation. It's not you're making Mm -hmm. me feel this way. Mm -hmm. But I'm feeling this way. And here are some things that I'd like to do. And would you like to join me? Or can you please carve out some space so that I can create this for myself? That's that's kind of where those
0: conversations go. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I remember being a young person being a like teenager being super rebellious thinking I was like this strong feminist and which I obviously am now but um
1: somehow you are. or other
0: yeah <laughs> somehow or other um when in my drinking days and my mothering times I I got to a place where I felt like I kept needing to ask permission to do things like I wasn't I <laughs> Thanks, mm-hmm. nice to Thank see you that's Angela. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 and, and so it's kind of readdressing that balance and kind of bringing back up your, your um, sense of self-worth within a relationship as well. And because I think we do lose a bit of ourselves when, we, when we're parents and we're... Um, of course, working and doing all the things. That's just the natural stage of
1: things, isn't it? Like there's ebbs yeah. and flows, and. We have to put ourselves down for a little while as, as we're yes. creating humans. Yeah. It's just interesting about, well, when you start picking yourself up again, like when you start yeah. putting those layers back on, what do they look like? Yeah. And let's make it a conscious yeah. effort rather than an unconscious zombie like, all right, got to keep going, got to keep going, yeah. doing a job that's paying the bills, but I don't really like it. And <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Let's make these that's conscious right. decisions. Let's. I think we we need to remind ourselves there's one precious life what are we doing with it do we want to just zombie through this or do we want to actually make choices that create a beautiful life and it's so empowering to think that way like all right this is this is my choice what am I building here yeah Absolutely. I'm lucky enough that my children are a bit older now, right they're ten and fourteen, yeah. so they're much more independent yeah. um I've created independence for them they mm. can if they you know they can cook their own breakfast, make their own mm. lunch, they cook their own dinner if mm. they wanted to. all of that means over time I've been able to carve out plenty of space for them, yeah right plenty, yeah. and I'm still a very, very attached mum, yeah, <laughs> I think some people would call me a bit controlling year really good.
0: Yeah, no, it's so interesting, Beth, because it's it's been my experience has been quite different in that, um, and I think again this is quite a common thing um, for people who have neurodiverse kids because my mm. kids were both. Um, I'm trying to use the right terminology. So one of my kids is trans, and the other one is um, a girl, and yeah. they we only as as with many girls we only discovered they were neurodiverse um because they'd been masking for so long yeah. quite recently yeah. last year yeah and what's actually happened since their diagnosis and our diet and my diagnosis as well is that we'd always there'd always been a reli you know a, a very sort of a, a need to be very close and perhaps not be able to do and i remember at the before we knew the diagnosis i get so frustrated I'm like why can everybody else get their kids to be independent and mine just one? there's something yeah. wrong with me uh, I'm yeah. a terrible mom and all this stuff you know and now I'm like actually do you know what they're neurodiverse and my little one struggles to go to school so mm-hmm. she has autistic burnout and she's been struggling to go to school so a lot of our mornings are very fraught, trying to work out whether or not we're going to go or not. And we've had to do a lot of work as a family to sort of let go of some of that control that perhaps society... Yeah.
1: Uh, just the expectations that expects. things will be easy or... yeah. And
0: also just like, you know, well, I do this. And uh, I, and that's sort of like... Um, yeah, it's been really interesting because I thought I would have more time as they got to teenagers but actually the situation you know, is that to be the true. opposite right and it's I don't know whether or not that is because I was working so hard drinking and I you know there's part of mum guilt which obviously I, I take with a with us, you know the pinch of salt as well because we all feel guilty about everything because that's how mums are um I don't get it right but you nobody know, everybody gets a prize I working, <laughs> because i'm working so hard that i didn't notice you know mm. and mm. and when they're little you can pick them up and put them places right whereas when they're teenagers you can't <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, because
0: yeah. they're like the same size as you
1: <laughs> so <laughs> let me ask you then how do you come yes. about emma time how do you create that like a, yeah. you know we were talking about building those intentionally building layers yeah. of the the version of the you, you that you want to be so how do you carve that out for yourself
0: then when there's it's such a really... heavy need on you yes I and mean, because we you know we all sleep together so it's really like you'd be like oh my god what is this family <laughs> we all sleep i really wouldn't i'm
1: really not very judgy
0: <laughs> <laughs> um because their need for COVID- regulation because their sensory stuff is also like um and but it's and it's so what I do and I and again I've been very privileged that again acknowledging my privilege for this but when I I lost my job back in 2018 I thought it was going to be the end of the world but actually it led to me following this career choice and that has enabled me to be able to be more around than yeah. i ever, ever was before and it's enabled me to carve out my day so for me yeah. i take two hours between nine and eleven in the morning okay um and that's when i do my swim my walk my whatever i'm Beautiful. gonna do i do it then once i've either dropped them or not dropped them to school as the case may be depending on how the day's gone yeah, yeah, yeah. um because I've, again, because I've had the ability to be able to create this job, this world for myself, I've, I've created that two-hour slot yeah, because I know winter. I don't get it in the okay. evenings and I don't get it in the mornings. And nine times out, you know, nine times out of ten, then someone's at home during the school.
1: Day. Yeah, yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> but at so least you still yeah, create time for yourself. But you can always do this. That's it. That's it. Connection. I have to. Yeah. Have, yeah. Have to. And I think we all do. Yeah. Okay. We do. We do, and that's a lot of the reason again. Women drink because they there's no time, there's no space, there's no yeah. Um, Can I tell no you
1: off-switch? an interesting story about not not drinking? <laughs> yes Um, I'm not sure if I shared this with you. I might have done. But my, so I spent a long period of not drinking, right? As I'd yeah. come out, I decided I was leaving the marriage. I wanted some real clarity. I actually got in the best shape of my life. I think I had a six pack yes. or at least, the, at least the fake tan made it cool. look like I had a six pack. <laughs> I, was, I was in great shape. Um, I was glowing. I felt good. I was like, I'm a single mom. I'm a badass bitch with a big job yeah. and la, la, la. Kicking yeah. all the goals. But my ex-husband went into an alcoholic spiral. And yeah. he, um, I mean, I, we don't need to talk about him too much, but things got really, really, really bad.
0: Yeah. And the
1: children got to see that. And like I, was, I was signing up for like half marathon on the Great Wall of China. So mm-hmm. I'm coming home with wow. medals. I, it, was, it was so brilliant. I've done some incredible, yeah. incredible things. Wow. Um, and it's just bravery, right? It was that little like, oh, no, I don't think I can do that. I'll just give it a go and see if I can. out yeah. I can. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I was going off and I was bringing these medals home and I'm in a, a new relationship at this point. So I'm in love. I've got a job as a chief operating officer yes. of a digital agency. So I'm killing yes. it in the corporate world. Yes. I'm killing it physically. I'm a fabulous mom. Like I was at the, the tippity-top of... Ticking all of the things, right? Life was grand um, and still is, but in different ways. Yeah. Um, but my ex husband had then lost his job, was in an yeah. alcoholic spiral. The children were really exposed to this. Mm. And I remember my son, who must have been six or seven at the time. Mm. And I remember him saying, I'm never, ever, ever going to drink. I'm never going to drink. Mm. I can't mm. ever drink. And I just thought, mm. oh, hold on a minute. He's mm. seeing two extremes. My two children were yeah. seeing such extremes. Mummy mm. doesn't drink. She's running ultra marathons and winning mm. medals and, like, you yeah. know, got a C-suite job and, like, financially supporting everybody. And then there's Daddy who's drinking and he's in this, like, dark mm. space. Exactly. I thought, oh, this yeah. this is not good either. I, so I actually mm. took up drinking <laughs> so that I could give my children so that healthy... Health. Yeah, yeah, that it's possible yeah. to have a healthy relationship with alcohol so i would just occasionally yeah. have a glass of wine they'd be like yeah. oh my god Mum, you're you're having a drink i said like, it's okay kiddos i'm yeah. not gonna get, get drunk it's going be okay yeah 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 and i had to, that yeah. the, the fear in them that a glass of wine or a beer was gonna, gonna lead to this ugliness and the world falling apart yeah. It yes. was so tangible for them. So anyway, yeah. I started. I started drinking in moderation and showing that it's possible to have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Yes. And then I've gone on and had like nine months without, and two, you know, two months without, and six months without here and yeah. there, because I don't need it. I don't want to be like numbing myself through mm. my existence. I actually love being mm. active and uh, alive yeah. mentally. And so anyway, I just thought yeah, that was that was. And we no, really didn't interesting. think I had to take up drinking for my children. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they didn't they did, it, so they to. didn't demonize it, yeah. 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 I mean people would say to me, Oh shit, you're drinking
1: again. Like mm-hmm. why is why is that? Because they knew I'd taken a whole year off. I thought mm-hmm. thought you weren't mm-hmm. weren't gonna drink for the year or something. I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I took up for my for my children. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I did it for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems unlikely. <laughs> I think it's really no, it's interesting yeah. that you um I mean, when you and I have talked before, and I think this is something that's very important to talk about, because, again, not everybody wants to be abstinent and not everybody needs to be abstinent. No. But what you do do, Becca, and I think this is is actually quite a hard thing, um, but you do it and you do it very well, is that you are very intentional about how you do it and what you do. And... If you feel it getting out of control, you rein it back in. That's exactly it. I mean,
1: yeah. honestly, just in the last couple of weeks. So, my partner, who is wonderful, was in Vietnam on a golf trip for ten days. Right. So, mm. I and my mum came and she was staying here with it for three weeks. And I noticed that while he was away, I was intending to not drink mm. at all because I'm training for another stupid ultra marathon. <laughs> so I'm training again. Yeah. And this is better for me if I'm not drinking while I'm training. But while he yeah. was away, I noticed it would get to about five o'clock and I would want to go downstairs to, to crack open a beer in the fridge. Oh, yeah. Now, the first oh, day or two, no problem. It's sunny. It's warm. Yeah. I've had a long day. I've got, you know, no problem. I'd sit in the sun, have a chat with my mum. By day yeah. three, I was like, hold on a minute. This isn't, this oh. isn't a treat anymore. It's a habit. Yeah. Yeah. What, what am I doing? You yeah. know, as soon as I become unconscious about it, that's I it. pull myself up on it. And I'm like, that, this, that's it. no, it's not okay with that. That's it. Because, yeah. And I think yeah. it probably that's a bit of a control freaky thing. Like <laughs> I don't think I'm a control freak. And I think that's a really unhelpful term for anybody. So mm-hmm. I don't use that term, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be self-deprecating and use it on myself, mm-hmm. which is um, it might be the control freak in me that just does not mm-hmm. want to be owned by anything. You don't yeah. get to dictate when yes. I reach for that beer or that wine or whatever. Absolutely. You don't get to to make that choice. This is my choice.
0: <laughs> like, and this you know. is it's it's very interesting you say that because I um I often say to my clients because my clients often are like, "What's wrong with me? Why can Fred, mm-hmm. Joe, Bella have two glasses of wine can and I okay. can't stop?" Yeah. And I always say to them. It's actually nothing to do with you. Chemically, that is how alcohol works. The people who are able to do that moderation have very, very strict guardrails in place. And there's many, many reasons why they might have those guardrails. But none of them mean that there's anything wrong with you. No. Because you find it very difficult to do that it's it's yeah. it's that people you know it might be religious reasons it might be i i know people who who um just hate to lose control of themselves so they'll never put themselves in a security that makes them feel just, vulnerable and scared yeah exactly yeah not in their own you know not 100 yeah. percent in themselves so this uh, and so there's so they might have had an alcoholic pair or. Um, not an alcoholic, I don't yeah. use those words yeah. anymore, but um, somebody who had alcohol use, a severe alcohol use disorder. Um, and so therefore they've got this really strong guard rousing in terms of what they allow themselves to do and what they allow yeah, themselves not to not
1: do. Um, because I'm sure you we'll know. Keep, keep yeah. All the science behind it, right. And the, the, the yeah. sugar and the chemicals and all of it, it does so, to our bodies. It's a bit like popping a can of Pringles, right there. Yes. you pop the Pringles you have one most yeah. of us cannot stop until it's finished it's just like
0: no.
1: chemically what it's doing to our um, brain and our body it's empty yeah. carbohydrates it's got all of the sugar and salts that our brain yeah. is like oh must must keep eating this because we don't know when we're going to get it again yes very few people can just put the thing Pringles down and not have any more so I agree with you what my ability to say I'm intentional Choosing or not choosing is pretty rare, and I and I appreciate mm. that
0: it, it is a privilege. it, it, it is, and but it, it, it's one of those things that we because a lot of people come to me they're like I wish I could only have two glasses of wine, and we're like, well, let's we can work to that. Yeah. Um, but know that it's always got to be. It's always going to be an intentional. You're always going to have to keep an eye on it. It was because 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 yeah. chemically, uh, if, you, if you drink regularly enough. And, um, you yeah, know, it's working really against that, against it's working against you, right? There's
1: yeah. Mil- like mil- like, millennia of, your interest, yeah, your of programming that says I need to have more of these sugars, need to have more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Really, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It. It's, it's really hard to work against that. I agree. Um, it's yeah. It's very interesting. But I think it's
0: very interesting that you did that and, and i love that as well it's like it doesn't have to be one extreme or the other it can we can show that there's like a, a a middle ground right yeah yeah and so beck tell us a little bit more about you what you do because i know in my groups and in my be the lighthouse group which is my um membership program i probably have about half my clients are separated or divorced or divorcing. And probably about half of them are also struggling in their relationships. I'd say it's the rare person who's in midlife struggling with alcohol that I've come across who is in like
1: joyful place with their partner. A joyful
0: place with their (laughs) partner. And so with that perspective, what could you what would you what what would you offer to those people in terms of your advice? And then could you talk a bit more about what your business. business is and what you yeah. do and how people yeah. can find you because I think you'll be a very useful resource for people yeah sure well I think people should probably start by
1: do divorce right um on on Instagram and the website is dot even.com.au I've got the podcast so the podcast might also be a good place to start because in that I talk through. Yes like resilience techniques and um, you know, how do you solve yourself from overwhelm and how do you deal with all those tricky emotions? What are some, some nice ways to emotionally regulate? Yeah. Um, And then there's one-on-one working with me, of course. So, there's a thirty-minute discovery call, which is free. Actually, we cover a lot in thirty minutes. Mm. I find that those mm. discovery calls set people up for a good few months, and then they only mm. become clients months later. When it's like, "Oh, I need, I need some of that magic again." <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. The waters warm, yeah. but like those, that thirty minutes can be quite a powerful conversation. And that's just yeah. a free, like, find some time in my diary. Let's let's talk through where you're at. Yeah. Um, and then it'll be one-on-one working with me later in this y- this year. I'm pretty excited. I'll be publishing a book around <laughs> co. I know, I know. Oh my god, there's a lot going on. Ultra marathon, writing a book. So this is the year um, around co-parenting and what are the options Brilliant. if you are splitting up and how how can you get it right for your family? There are so many different ways it can work. What are the pros and cons of the different ways and the different ages and the different legal structures and all of that? And then um, around the time that I'm launching the book is when I intend to launch a membership, which will be an Mm -hmm. opportunity to bring women together to, you know, to be nurtured together, to work it through. Yeah. So I have got a lot of kind of recorded online course program, but I've decided to pause on that and decided Mm -hmm. to, to deliver that in a more of a group environment. In a membership environment where we can work through exactly what, what stage oh. are people at and what do they need, and let's get some specialists in to help them. So that's a kind of a watch this space. In the moment, it's yeah, come and chat with me, find me on the, mm. the DMs and the socials, um, mm. and you know, get a discovery call
0: in and see how I can help. So amazing. And Thank I you, love Christine. that idea I oh, know, isn't she beautiful? Mm-hmm. I love um I love that idea of nurturing people through this because you know and I remember you telling me a story about having to learn and I've had this recently with the neurodiversity. It's like suddenly I've got to learn about neurodiversity, something I never thought I was going to have to ever learn about, and now I'm mm-hmm. having to become an expert. and it's the same, isn't it? You were telling me the story about your, di- your divorce and how the finances about that or something? Yeah, or just yeah, how yeah. you were like, I've suddenly got to learn how all this stuff that I never thought I was ever going to have to learn. Yeah. And I feel so alone and I'm the biggest.
1: Part for me was the financial piece because I don't know, I kind of grew up with like just zero education in that space like none. And I think I thought, you know, a man on a white horse is going to come along and solve all the financial problems. And so I'm married, so I assume it's all just going to work out lovely and then i get the divorce or we you know i leave the marriage because it's not working out for 100 reasons and then i'm like oh fuck, i have to figure this out how do i pay the bills how do i whatever worse i find out that i'd been left in hundreds of thousands of euro debt right there was a debt on a house that we had bought in amsterdam he hadn't been paying the mortgage and the the first i knew about it because i wasn't opening the the letters right i wasn't looking at anything it's like oh my god so yeah, I had to spend a really, really fast runway of figuring out debt reduction, paying my bills, um, yeah. investments, and you know, savings. Again, I had absolutely mm. nothing. This was like. Mm. like uh, less than 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and I'm now in a position where I don't work a full-time corporate job Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I do support my entire family there's no child support coming in or anything I support my my mom as well I have property investments I have savings I have investments like bills are getting paid like oh my god I figured it out and if I can anyone can like we can do hard things yeah Um, it's just, just a matter of seeking out the support that you need constantly learning and mm. going for progress not perfection because you're not going to get mm. from zero to done overnight you just need to learn a bit more learn a bit more learn a bit more mm. so that was my that was a very, very very rude awakening but there is no man on a white horse because no one's coming to
0: save you that's the same with the booze that's all, and one of the ones we always use it's like no one's actually coming to save you it's <laughs> like yeah, shit yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and it's it,
1: so Inspirational,
0: what you're just talking about. And I do about, now because I do. So like, what a great yeah. story. But at the time, i was like, I'm like oh, I so God, many I women. We find that they they have a, you know, they break up with their partners and they're screwed financially. You know, yeah. Yeah. screwed. Absolutely.
1: But there's an incredible study, and I've I've done a little story on it somewhere mm-hmm. in my socials. Dig back down. I'm wearing a big hat. Mm-hmm. Watch that one. <laughs> okay. The study was that. Um, somebody had mentioned in my podcast that one of the reasons why he was so upset about getting the divorce that he didn't want was because he, he knew that people end up financially behind. Now yes. what I, I dug into that and was like, well, how can I find proof of this? What I found was that there was a study that proved women in the marriage tended to recover their financial position rather quickly after the divorce. Right. So meaning okay. you're, you're, average earning when you're in that unit was here right here and then you go through the divorce and everything drops because you obviously have less you have higher um expenses but then you figure out a way because women are badasses and we figure (laughs) it out and your income your average income is all of a sudden better than it was when you were married very quickly so women get out there we figure it out we get it done Um, This beautiful woman I interviewed on my podcast, Fiona Morris, she got divorced. She was, yeah, she's incredible. She, um, her husband left her the next week. Her, it was her birthday. The week after that, their business went bankrupt, right? She's, she was rock bottom within two years. She's a fucking millionaire. (laughs) like women figure it out so yes it's it's true that the financial stuff is really scary when you're going through divorce and separation but it's also true that we will be fine we girls Mm. got Mm. this
0: yeah i love that and you are somebody who i if i was going through something like that you would be a person that i would reach out to because i know that you have done the work on yourself you have been through it as well, and having lived experience yeah. of this stuff is so important. Yeah. And just I don't think I there's a
1: divorce it. coach that hasn't been divorced. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if it comes so with the title, you have to have done it. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but funny enough, you do find alcohol coaches. <laughs> oh, <that's interesting>. <laughs> much it's been such a pleasure and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing yourself with us your experience your story and your wise wise words of wisdom around you know finding what makes us happy looking at our values and really rediscovering ourselves and then approaching um, our partners in a in a way that's not going to be confrontational so thank you so much for that again would you be kind enough to just share your and i will put it your um website and your um instagram handle for people yep. should they wish yep. to connect with you yeah yep dodivorceright.com and
1: okay. on instagram it's Do Divorce right. my branding's pretty good mm-hmm. podcast Do Divorce Right. it's all that
0: thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of midlife af with emma gilmore if you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.